You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and remote workers, and the only podcast of its kind. Our thanks go out to the Good Men Project today and the new social interest group that was established just over the past couple of weeks. We actually had the first call. It was talking to your client or your employer about your illness or disability And we are so excited to continue progressing these issues and to be featured as one of their partner podcasts every single day. So we are making ripples and we are making changes and your participating in that is miraculous. Before we get going, I want to remind you to text SICKBIZ to 36260 to get this very podcast to the palm of your hand as well as to explore our job board featuring living wages. Today, our topic is sales, and it is just little old me here behind the microphone. Sales is tied into confidence, and that is why on this episode of Sick Biz Buzz, we are going to take some time to talk about brushing up on our sales skills. As chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and remote workers, sometimes we may find ourselves in a situation where it's been a while since we've flexed that sales muscle. So on this episode, I hope you will enjoy the tips that are shared and that you will be able to apply them in your life. And I'm sure that you will. These are tips that I have come up with myself that I have used to close deals and to make a living wage, which is fabulous and possible. So first of all, when we talk about sales, let's re-familiarize ourselves with what that really means. Sales has everything to do with confidence. And confidence comes from experience. I had a guest on the founder of psychology hacker, Adam Lyons, who talked about finding your confidence in one area, one area only, and how establishing expertise builds confidence. It was fascinating to me because a lot of times when we think about not being confident, We think about not being confident in every single area of life, but that's not the case. We have elements of our business in which we are experts. We have expertise. So one way that Adam talks about establishing that confidence and building that up again is to become an expert in one area. This applies massively to your business. And, you know, it's something that I encountered, um, and this is probably two years ago. I'm going to shout out to Trevor Crane right now with Epic Author Publishing. And um, he is a publisher that I work with regularly. I had him take a look at my website probably two plus years ago. And I said, Trevor, what do you think of it? A lot of times we don't have the perspective to see what we're out there offering, what we're spending our time on. And he said, I don't know what the fuck you do. 
And I thought, wow, thank you, though, because that's valuable. How many times are you going to get somebody that's honest with you and says, I have no idea what you're doing. You're muddying everything up. You have no expertise and you're focusing on being an expert in everything. So now I do three things only. Copywriting, copy editing, and book editing. Anything that comes through the digital agency that does not fall into those three buckets is subcontracted out. And it's funny because doing that has created a tremendous amount of confidence in the offering that I can give to my clients. And the same can be true of you. Focus on one or just a handful of areas. I recommend seriously don't go over three. The other thing that you can do to build up confidence is I'm a fan of the small clothes. And we've talked about this before. When you close those smaller deals, those deals that find you, they come to you. These are the deals where you are an ace. So somebody might um, pop up in your direct messages, in your Facebook page, right? Uh, they might be a referral. Somebody sends you somebody and says, hey, I know you're really great at this. Can you, can you help this person? And you know you can because you've done it a trillion times. These are the easy opportunities. You might find them in groups too. If you're not in Facebook groups looking for opportunities, I highly encourage you to get there. The um, establishment, the building of relationships, some of the relationships that I have today has started from Facebook groups. Hey, so-and-so is looking for a writer. Hey, so-and-so needs a web designer. Throw your hat in the ring. That's an easy opportunity. You don't have to work too hard to get it and easy in no way implies that it's like the sleazy opportunity like the easy way out that's not what we're talking about at all you want to build up your confidence when you build up your confidence you will be able to close more sales you will be able to earn more business and you still need to make a living and pay the bills so even if it's something where well, I'm kind of moving away from that right now but you're in a transitory stage and you haven't really built up your business, look at those easy opportunities, close them, get paid, and reinvest into the next step of your business. When I started working with Ryan Stuman, I told him, I want to re-edit all your books. And he said, super great. Up until that time, I had edited a handful of books. And I had thought about, well, how would I get into this? I didn't really do anything to find that opportunity. It came to me. He started sending me everybody. And I thought to myself, well, I, I haven't really figured out what this looks like to be an editor, to monetize being an editor. But then I said, well, this would be pretty stupid if I didn't. I hate that word. This would be a wasted opportunity. If I did not capitalize on it and if I did not figure out how to take advantage of it. And so I did. Every single time an editing job landed in my inbox, I took that job. I said, yes, I figured it out. Sometimes we get into analysis paralysis, but 
but this isn't right about my business. And so how can I take on this opportunity when I haven't prepared in this way? It's true. We have to be prepared for opportunity. And we'll get into that in just a moment. But that's the first point. Refamiliarize yourself with what the prospect wants. They want confidence from you. There is not one salesperson out there who is going to say, you know what really worked for me? I just kind of waffled on what I was talking about. I went back and forth. You know, I, I didn't really speak very loudly um, when I was addressing the prospect. They liked it. Not one person out there is going to say that. It's difficult when you consider yourself perhaps an introvert, for example. And there are such things as extroverted introverts. So these are the people that like to be outgoing, but then they need to be alone to recharge. I'm one of those people. I get it. You can also compartmentalize and make sure that you're working on your confidence in that one area. So think about that. It doesn't have to be intimidating. It just needs to be that you are delivering to that prospect or client exactly what you expect to receive. If I'm shopping for a printer and a salesperson comes up to me and says, hey, how can I help you? I expect them to know every single feature and component and benefit to that printer. If they're like, hey, you know what? I just started here two days ago, man. I haven't had a chance to look at the product line. So, uh, I mean, I guess it's okay. I'm probably not going to buy that printer. And you're probably not going to close your sales unless you come to the table with confidence. But let's talk about what I wanted this episode to be about was the nitty gritty of sales. And I don't want there to be a lot of mindset involved in this. I want to talk about money. I want to talk about getting that prospect to hand over their money. There's a different ways to do this that make both of you very comfortable. They hand over that money so that they become a client. So the first thing that we're going to talk about today, the first process is the trial close. The trial close may involve a reduced price tag, but it is often the deal that you need to close to get to the next stage. Prospects also come to the table feeling um, edgy and as if they, they need reassurance. If they don't find that reassurance or if they don't feel that sure about what they even need themselves, and this is definitely true in the case of the digital entrepreneur, we have all sorts of offerings and we're competing with a multitude of companies, large and small. This is confusing to the prospect. They need you to lead them and say, I get it. I get it. And I, and I thank you for being here with me because you have many people that you can choose from. And so I want you to know, I know what I am doing to the degree so much that I, I hear your level of hesitation. Let's talk about doing business together. And what we can do is I can offer you a reduced price because I know that from a budgetary standpoint, you have some concerns. 
when you do this also, you're in. You're in, and sometimes it's a matter of not just getting your foot in the door. It's a matter of being able to walk through that door and to start business. When you start business this way, you will likely get more business from them. And when you do, when you have other projects that come up, you can price them regularly and you can say to them, okay, I'm going to stand by this reduced price point for this first deal. But now that we've been working together and you know my work and you know that you can count on me and you know the quality, this is what I need to charge you now. More than likely, that's not a budgetary concern. And if it's more of a, I needed you to prove yourself situation, they're going to sign with you. A lot of times prospects are looking for the exact same thing that you are looking for. You want to build a long-term relationship. So it's important. We get a little hung up on price, but yeah, but you know, this is, this is what market is charging. I'm not advocating that you slash the price tag and have an everything must go sale. That's not fair to you. But you can go a little bit below market to meet them at their level of hesitation and help them feel better. Now, similar to the trial close is the special deal just for them. You come to the table, this is a deal you cook up on the spot, just boom. They are more likely to close with you because they feel special. And again, you don't want to go so low that they will begin to question your value. A lot of times I talk to people and they'll say, well, my pricing isn't right. And more often than not, lately, for some reason, initially I was hearing, well, I'm really overpriced. And I just realized that. And that's why people are not signing with me. Now I'm hearing, even when I reduce my price, people aren't signing with me. And that may be because you've gone too low. So you need to be in the middle. You don't want to be the cheapest one, but you don't want to be the most expensive. You want to be a reasonable price for a reasonable amount of work, whatever that length and scope happens to be. Another thing I've done with great success before is just start. Now, just starting typically works with the clients that you have worked with before you have a history with. So you're saying, I don't want to waste time talking about the ins and outs of why I'm so fabulous and you're so fabulous and we're going to create this amazing collaboration. You know the work I do. I know the work you do. I know what you need. You know that I know what you need. So I just want to get going and, uh, and we'll do the agreed upon rates that we've already established. I'll send you an invoice later. It's helpful if you're reinvigorating the relationship. And it doesn't even have to be, you know, it's only been six weeks since we talked or whatever. You literally can pick up where you left off as, as long as your price point hasn't changed massively. You can literally pick up where you left off and say, hey, remember how we uh, worked together before? This is what it was priced at. Let's just do that again. You don't have to. Go through the process of convincing each other that you're trustworthy. You know what your client wants. The client is looking for a person who delivers and with quality. They know that's you. They just want it handled. 
So you get in there and handle it. Yep, I can start right away. No problem. Absolutely. And then I'll just send you an invoice at some point, at some stage. So speaking of getting it handled, let's talk about the importance of assuring your client that you are the man or woman for the job. And I'm talking about accommodation. A lot of times I talk to people and they say, well, I almost had the deal, but I almost had the deal, but I didn't know the software, but I don't normally do this thing. I don't normally handle um, answering their customer service questions on Facebook. I don't normally do those things. If this is a task that is not going to take up too much of your time, it might be a deal breaker for the client because they're overloaded with all of the different things, the to-dos that they have to keep track of. And they want to just hand it off. They want to package it all up. Can you do this? You don't just do strategy for Facebook. You provide all the content. You source the images. You customize the memes. You handle the boosting strategy so that all you have to do is say, hey, you know what? I, I need you to put a couple bucks on, uh, on this and then I need you to approve it. Or they have got this connected to a credit card and you have an understanding. But regardless of what it is, they don't want to be bogged down with these smaller jobs. They want to hand it over to you. You are much more likely to close if you can offer a package deal of, yep, you don't have to outsource those copyright-free images. I handle that for you. Yes, we do SEO optimization. That is not a problem. Yes, I will act as your customer service liaison so you don't have to call the company that has created the software. You are the point person. You're the answer to everything they want. And in this way, they get the reassurance they want. It also allows you to lead with customer service and value over dollars. Every time that you let them know that you revert back to your base, to your foundation of, I care about you. I care about your experience. I care about your quality. I care about your convenience. That's the base. The base is an, oh, but you know, um, I have X amount of dollars that I have allocated for this particular package and I must make it. No, I can't cut any prices. No, I, I can't do that. The answer is yes. Because if you cannot be accommodating, you're just not going to sign any deals, period. And it's worth your time. The important thing is to remember what makes sense to cut, what makes sense to say no to. If somebody says, for example, well, I have a whole other brand. Can you just do that too? You want me to handle six platforms once a day and creating 30 plus pieces of content a month for nothing? No. Can we come to an agreement that makes sense monetarily for both of us? Yes, we can. But will I do it gratis? Absolutely not. Speaking of being prepared, I don't care 
what we are talking about when it comes to taking care of your client's business. If they need their email handled a certain way, if they are having an issue creating custom memes, they don't have the analytics capability, they don't have the right CRM, the right photo editor, whatever it is, you have the answer. They have a huge file to send via Gmail or you need to get them something via Gmail and they don't like the way that the Google Docs link works because they always get hung up on it for some reason. Maybe they're traveling around, don't have access to the internet. Congratulations, you are now the proud owner of a business Dropbox subscription. Anytime the client asks, do you have this capability? Your answer is yes. As soon as you hang up that phone, you either purchase it or you find another person who can handle that aspect of it who will then get a cut of the deal. You don't have to know everything. You just need to have the ability to find the answers and make the arrangement work so their project is still worth your time. Another point is make it easy for them to pay you. There are multiple ways you can pay me at any time. I do not make it difficult to accept money. Credit card, bank transfer, PayPal, Venmo, Stripe, whatever the case is, I make it easy for people to pay me. Players expect other players to have the capabilities and the foresight to handle their business. This feeds into their growing confidence in you. I never want a a client to wonder, well, I can't even pay her. Does that mean she can't do the job? Maybe they're having issues with PayPal, and I've had this happen before, and somebody says, hey, I tried to pay you. Something came back. PayPal's holding my funds for some reason. Especially as businesses are getting up and running, PayPal has been a little bit of a bugaboo as they're verifying everything. You want to have a backup. All right, here's a link for you. Just go here. Some people don't like to pay fees. Wells Fargo allows person-to-person and business-to-business transactions through the use of emails. So you don't have to exchange routing numbers and account numbers and all that stuff. The last ripple you want to crop up after you close the deal, after you have overcome all the objectives, the objections rather, is for people to wonder, why can't I pay this person? They they want the business, they worked for it, and they they see you work for it. They recognize that you've worked for it. The least you can do is make it easy for them to pay you. And no excuses. Well, I'm. Uh, this is going on. Clients don't care. Clients don't want drama. I want to know, can you answer and can you handle my question? Can you answer what I need? Can you solve my pain point? Can I pay you? Uh, another question you might get concerns packages. Can I chop up this package? Can I can I look at any of these features as a la carte? I'm sure you can anticipate what I'm going to say on this. Absolutely. Within reason, you're not going to chop it down so that you're spending time on a, a very, uh, I guess, a smaller priced object or initiative that doesn't make sense so I wouldn't winnow down a blog package to one blog maybe not even two unless I'm writing them because then the price is double but I will try to reach some sort of agreement with the client that is reasonable to both of us I don't ever want to be ironclad and say nope I can't ever break this package up I am incapable of doing so because they know 
you're not incapable of doing so. You're deciding that that is the position you are going to take, which is to be not accommodating to them. So you need to know how fast you work and where to maximize your time. So I would consider a package, for example, of probably no less than six or $400. I know what my time is. I know how quickly I can produce content. Make an arrangement that will work for both of you. Don't be afraid to say to them, you know that I'm really not focused on onesie twosie. I am willing to do X because that really is, it maximizes my time. You have a valuable client. You have a client that understands you're trying to maximize your time as they are trying to maximize their time. They're probably not going to put up a fight. And likely they have the same thought process. When you chop up a package, you have a greater likelihood of building a relationship with that person. They want to just get started. They want to know that they have, they can put the confidence in you. So it makes sense to offer that ability to go a la carte. And the final sales tactic that I use is called the ramp up fee. This is a variation of the reduced rate deal. You can start working together and say something like, hey, I know we're new to this, to collaborating, and I respect that. You don't know me that well, but you will. Wink, right? How about we start with a getting to know you fee first? And then after 30 to 60 days, whatever time frame you want to insert there, and whatever is appropriate to the price point, then we'll raise the price to the normal rates, and that will be the standard going forward. That said, make sure that it makes sense. So you're not going to enter into an agreement where they say, you know, yeah, let's do this for 90 to uh, 120 days and, uh, and, and we'll keep going at that reduced rate. Oh, no. The maximum I would do would probably be 60 days. That's two months. That's enough time for them to get to know you. And likely I would probably do it for one month. Start there. Feel it out. See what they're feeling about it and then move forward to find that solution together. But that's the key. Closing sales is about finding the solution together. Yes, it is about addressing all of the objects, objectives, objections. Why can I say that word? It is about ensuring that you are addressing price point, quality, expectation of the project. It is all of those things, but it is about striking an arrangement with terms that are palatable to both parties. So in that case, you're in control. You're in control of what you want the end result to be. You're going to walk away from those clients that are not worth it. We all know what those people look like, what they sound like. This is different. This is about the client that you, you know is worth it, the business that you know is worth it, that you're going to be building upon. 
And so these are some strategies that you can put into place to help you close and actually get money in your bank account. A lot of times we don't talk about that. We talk about mindset. Well, this is what you need to do. You need to get into the mindset. I want to talk about how to actually get money in your bank account. What can we do? What, how can we get to the point of the business, to the close? That's what's important. That's what you can build on. You can use that money as a tool to leverage your position and leverage your business to keep growing. Sales. We make it more complicated than it has to be. At its base is psychology. It is the creation of a bond and strengthening that attachment between the prospect, the eventual client, and the salesperson, the provider. Remember that you are at the table to solve a problem and to make lives easier. And remember what we talked about today. This is an episode that you can listen to time and time again to refresh your skill set and to give you options of what methods will work best for you. Did you like what you heard? Please listen, subscribe, share, and leave a review for Sick Biz Buzz wherever podcasts are available. Reviews like yours give our show a boost and get our content into more ears all over the place. We want to thank the Good Men Project again for having our back, and we want to thank you for listening. That's it for this week's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Thanks so much for joining us. Be well.